Hey everyone, Kent Garrison here. I just want to say thank you to those of you who reached out last week and let it be known that you wanted to support what we do here at Mad About Movies. So in response, we have added a donate button to our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. If you like what you hear and you want to keep supporting what we do, donate the amount that you see fit. It could be five cents, it could be a dollar, it could be ten, a hundred, a thousand. No limit to the amount you can donate. But of course, the show will continue to be free forever. Those donations will help fund the server fees, the website fees, and of course, it will help fund purchasing movie tickets. So again, if you like what we do, head over to madaboutmoviespodcast.com and click donate. And again, thank you so, so much for your support. Now let's start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, what the heck is even happening? I'm Kent Garrison. I'm really pissed off. And I'm Adele Nassim. And this is Matt. About the Oscars. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. This is your go-to show for all things cinema. We talk movie news, rumors, rumblings, and break down a movie of the week. And stay tuned till the end for weekly recommends, which will suggest something awesome that you need to check out as soon as possible. And remember, you can find every single episode on our website at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. No movie of the week this week. Fellas, guys, we are just seconds, minutes, uh, frames removed from the conclusion of the 2015 Oscars. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it took us all the way to 2016 to get through that. <laughs> Felt like it. Definitely it did. Definitely felt like it. We are here once again for our third annual Rants and Raves on the uh, Academy Awards. And uh, this has become a, a tradition, something I look forward to every year. You know, I'm looking at my screen over here and they're still shaking hands, walking off the red carpet. So we are, this is our kind of our post game show, if you will, for the Oscars. And we're going to break it on down. Such an interesting ceremony. And I know there's a lot to be said. So let's get right into it, fellas. First off, let's give general impressions of the ceremony itself. Let's not get into specific awards or give away who won what as of yet, but let's just talk about the overall tone and feeling of the ceremony. Uh, Brian Gill, go ahead. Yeah, I love the Oscars. Richard and I both, I, I think maybe more than you do, Kent. Kent, I think, joins us because almost begrudgingly. I like, I like seeing who won. Yeah. Rather than the actual ceremony itself. I could give two uh, craps. Sure. If they just released, if they sent out a tweet with the winners, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. You know? Just put out a fax. <laughs> exactly. A memo exactly. Or something. Yeah. I, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I really, I don't know why this is, honestly, but I really like the Oscars. I really like the Emmys. I used to like the Grammys when they occasionally handed out awards and things like that, but uh, the CMTs, obviously. But um, <laughs> no, I, I really, I don't know what it, why truck, that is. But, got it. Got my beer in. Got my <laughs> got some catfish. Um, I I dig I dig the award show bit, and I really like the Oscars. And I, you know, I think the Oscars matters, even when they get things wrong, which we'll talk about in a second. But I, you know, I I'm not one of these people that throws out the awards just because it's corporate or or, or something like that. I think it's very very. It's almost like a generic opinion at this point to just be like the Oscars don't matter. This is stupid, and that's fine if you feel that way. I don't feel that way. I think it does matter, and I enjoy I enjoy this time because I love film and I like that 
uh, for three or in this case, nine or 10 hours, we can kind of get together and, and have this, this night where we really highlight the best of film from that year from the previous year. I like that. I enjoy, especially with Twitter, Richard and I have been live tweeting the Oscars for the last like three or four years, uh, together with some friends and stuff like that. And, and I always enjoy that. It's fun to kind of, to, to make fun of everything and, you know, just throw your opinions out and, and engage. We, I, I had a lot of, of, uh, mad about movie listener engagement tonight, which was, which was, fun yeah, too. that was, that was really great. So thank you to really the listeners. Cool. Yeah, that was, seriously. that was cool. I didn't expect that at all. I, was, I, I tweeted either. probably three things and the three things I did get, got a lot of retweets and all yeah. that support. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Really tonight. cool. So uh, would, thanks, thanks to those guys. It was, it was a blast. Um, so I always look forward to the, to the Oscars. I think it's a lot of fun. I enjoy my time time um i think this was maybe the worst oscars ceremony in recent memory and i think i would include uh the hathaway franco debacle in that in that discussion it was not good and and it felt off the entire night like there was always some like mph never seemed like he was comfortable up there and we know he can host an award show so i don't know if it was technical issues or if the writing really was just that bad and he couldn't uh, work around it or, or whatever the case may be, but he seemed very wooden and almost like he didn't want to be there, which was strange because, again, this is like kind of what he does at this point is is host award ceremonies. Um, so that was that was strange. And, and then we'll get into, you know, what actually won awards and and the structure. Um, I don't know. The, 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 the duo that is producing the Oscars right now needs to go. We need it. We need a change in leadership in my opinion. And they, they desperately need some writers who are, you know, funny and have some comedic timing on some level or another. Cause this was pretty bad. I'll take it a step further, Brian. In my opinion, this was the worst Oscars I've seen that I can yeah. remember. Uh, I, you know, I don't remember specifics of the ones that I used to watch, uh, in my preteen and earlier years, but sure. As far as when I started paying attention to things, this is the worst. And and it's it's a real shame because this 2014 was one of the best years in Oscar type movies that I can remember mm-hmm. as well. And you know, it really deserved a better ceremony. They got the host right. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris is a great host. You said it you said it right, Brian, but um the execution was horrible. Um the the jokes were bad and the only funny moments were when NPH was you could tell improving. Uh, there there were several moments that came off the cuff, and those were the most uh, talked about, tweeted about moments of, of the night. You know, the the pre rehearsed stuff just all fell flat as far as uh, the jokes are concerned. And you know what? I put a lot of this on the production crew, the director especially. Uh, it just seemed like they didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, you literally have months to rehearse this, guys. Um, you can't tell me that you didn't know where somebody was going to be sitting or that, uh, for example, I have it written down here. You can't tell me that you weren't going to show Bradley Cooper when they talk about American sniper. And then you have two camera guys like walking back, like backing up behind him in the, in the background, you know, it's like, Mm. dude, (laughs) I just don't know what they were thinking, uh, with a lot of the production aspects of this. It was a train wreck, honestly, from a, uh, broadcast live awards ceremony standpoint, and uh, it was embarrassing, and and all the people involved, I assume, are going to get a big strict talking to from from ABC and, and everybody because you know I, I really didn't hear any good things said about the uh, the ceremony itself. So sure, um, you know, 
very disappointing as far as uh, what I expected it to be with uh, the host that they had. So, Richard, what were your general thoughts on the ceremony? Yeah, I was excited for it. I'm a big NPH guy. I think he's great. Love um, his Tonys. I watched his opening and closing numbers for the Tonys this week uh, to kind of prepare myself and was got myself even more excited. Uh, and I was, yeah, the material was just not anywhere near the material you've seen him do on the Tonys or the Emmys when he did that. He's done that. Well, the last Emmys he did was, was the one with all the death. That yeah. one wasn't that good. But the first Emmys he did in like 07 or 08 was the best one they've had in years. Mm-hmm. It was really oddly paced. I tweeted, you know, everyone was talking about how great it was. People were talking through the the uh, speech playoff music. But, you know, and that's all cute until, you know, the show's over yeah. at 11.15. Totally. It's like everyone hates the music playoff thing. It's like, well, it's a, tel- it's a television show. They need to try to keep it kind of tight. Um, yeah, that wasn't really – the opening number, musical number was fine. I'd give it like mm-hmm. a 7.5 out of 10, maybe an 8. Yeah. But nothing. I've seen him do, you know, when he did bigger last year at the Tonys, or when he did. It's it's not just for gays anymore. I think in 2011, those are like kind of iconic opening numbers in that world. And uh, and I encourage if you guys ever want to kind of the listener, if you haven't seen those, uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, I think it's like 2013 and 2011. Watch those two opening numbers from the Tonys with MPH, and then compare that to this, and you'll kind of be wow. There were some moments of that I enjoyed. You're right, Kent. The kind of off the cuff moments. But it just felt like, you know, I'm going to disagree. I think I think this movie was top-heavy in terms of high-profile nominees, in terms of Oscar season, like Birdman and Boyhood. But I don't know if the depth was necessarily there compared totally. to some years. I agree. And so, like, there just wasn't – there weren't that many movie stars there. It f- kind of felt like a B-team Oscars to me because, like, I don't know, Michael Keaton's there and Affleck was there. But, like, I don't know. It, you know, there there was no – Sure. There's no Pitt or Leo or Clooney or Yeah. Um, last year's last year's best actors nomination, just just that group was had McConaughey, Bale, and DiCaprio. Yeah. So, yeah. So this year didn't feel too you know, you look at some winter, Julianne Moore's a star, Keaton's a star, but like Redmayne's not yet, maybe. Benedict I wouldn't even say really is yet. Um you know, I'm talking like star star. Sure. In film, yeah. I, yeah, it just felt like a very. It, it was a big year for thing. for independent cinema, and there are a lot of films nominated: Whiplash, yeah. uh, Imitation Game, Grand Budapest, even that the general public and Birdman, uh, you know, and Boyhood, you know, the, the top contenders all were uh, not really wide release films, uh, other than uh, maybe a, a week and a half span uh, throughout the year. So uh, it just mm. didn't. I mean, as far as movie buffs go, I feel like uh, people like us and people that listen to the show uh, could get really stoked about seeing who's going to win. You know, uh, it could yeah. be it could have been a really it was a really competitive Oscars, but for the general public, the interest yeah. just wasn't there. There wasn't totally the America if American Sniper gets shut out, then uh, really you have ninety nine percent of America just turning turning off the set, and you sure. know I'm never watching the Oscars again with that mentality. So I mean, it's just it's just one of those years where the art house films uh, ruled all. And, um, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it kind of sure. fluctuates every year. And I think next year we'll see more, I guess, generic type movies. You know, we got a, um, a Steve Jobs movie coming out uh, next year and, and, you know, more high profile stuff as far as uh, the Oscar bait type stuff. But um, it's crazy to see uh, how it ended up. And let's get into these awards. 
uh, specifically. I want to talk about the pacing real quick. We started off with with Neil Patrick Harris doing a, a uh, show tune, uh, moving pictures with Anna Kendrick, which was fine. Uh, you know, yeah. there's two ways to go about this. You can go the parody route, which is you know what they've done in, in years past with Billy Crystal and Ellen DeGeneres, of course. Yeah, and the Seth MacFarlane year, there was a lot right. of parody. a lot of parodying, and and this was more respectful. I should say, you know, they, they really paid tribute to a lot of the great films of the past. And, you know, honestly, in my opinion, I, I like the jokes. I like the, the making fun of, of the movies, but I also, something I can enjoy about the, the Oscars is paying tribute to great films. And, uh, I really like seeing montage sequences of, of great moments throughout Oscar history and, and, and all that. And so I'm, I was glad to see they leaned a little bit more towards that direction. They played more towards, uh, Neil Patrick Harris's strengths, you know, obviously with a show tune, you knew that was going to come. And I thought it was fine. It wasn't great. Uh, it wasn't, you know, very memorable. I've, I've already forgotten the tune and we're only a, a couple hours removed from Movie it. So that's pictures, da, 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 okay. There you go. Da, 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 da. Richard uh, has it memorized and downloading uh, <laughs> it on iTunes. Obviously. I have so much makeup on. <laughs> For Best Supporting Actor, the, the nominees were Robert Duvall for The Judge, Ethan Hawke for Boyhood, Edward Norton for Birdman, Mark Ruffalo for Foxcatcher, and the winner, by unanimous decision, J.K. <laughs> Simmons for Whiplash. No surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they started the show with that one, which they always do. Best Best Supporting Actor is always the first award. But I'm glad we got that one out the way straight out because that was there was literally no drama on that one yeah. whatsoever. That one was kind of written in stone. Yeah. And uh, no disagreement from me here. I, I would say probably a close second might have been Ethan Hawke. But yeah. I could also see Edward Norton pulling that one out. Yeah, I would uh, like all three of them to get an award. Honestly, yeah, you're right. And I would have liked to see, again, Channing Tatum nominated instead of Mark Ruffalo. But that's a topic for another day. I, I would have liked to have seen, like, I don't know, a Coke bottle get a nomination over Robert Duvall, frankly. <laughs> I watched The Judge this week, and it's one of the ten worst movies I, uh, of the year. It was terrible. The uh, big scene for Robert Duvall involves him pooping on the floor. So there uh, you go. I have no words, honestly. <laughs> but he does it artfully. Yeah, yeah. It's super, super sympathetic. They they had a bit going the entire time, and Ugh. this this fell completely flat Gosh. for me. You know, it was funny. It like the payoff. You're talking about the box. Yeah, yeah. It, the bo- it ended up being a funny bit, but like that would have been a funny bit if you'd played it up for 15 minutes, not four hours, and, and not. Okay, so if you're if you hadn't just watched the Oscars, if you're listening to this a year from now, from yeah. from the date it aired, basically Neil Patrick Harris. Said he had predicted uh, the winners. He put them in a suitcase. They locked it in a lockbox on stage. And he gets Octavia Spencer, of all people, to watch the box during the ceremony. She and, sold the bit like a pro. Oh, no, wait. She could not have been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just could you at least inform the person that yeah, this was going to be a thing so they can prepare something? Or go um, to somebody who is an experienced improv. Somebody who has a sense of humor yeah. Yeah. would be nice, maybe. Uh, but that just. Com- they they referenced it several times throughout the ceremony and it hilariously it was yeah I mean it wasn't funny uh, any time they they announced it or uh, brought it up and uh, of course the payoff at the end was 
he predicted exactly what happened in the Oscars. Oh, isn't that isn't that funny? It was funny for the first two or three things, but by the fifth page of the of the predictions, it was kind of could have worked maybe with the right person on the other end. Maybe put Steve Carell there instead of Octavia Spencer would have been uh, my uh, my preference. But you know that that completely fell flat. We have uh, a song right performed right after the best supporting actor award was given and i'm still kind of under the opinion that all the best original song nominees need to perform but all in a row in one bit one segment they need to do one verse each knock them all out in a row it really slows down the pace in my opinion to do all these songs and this isn't the grammys this is the oscars uh you know it just it just felt weird right after an award, right after the first award of the night, which was literally in the first segment. You know, they didn't even go to commercial after after uh, his uh, opening tune. They go straight to a song, and uh, it was Maroon Five. Really put me to sleep from the, in the first twenty minutes. I was already wanting to change the channel. I mean, it was. I was like, oh man, it's yeah. gonna be a long night. That's how. That's how I felt. No. <laughs> I'm. I'm- I'm not opposed to having a a seg. You know, we're gonna let each of them, each of these songs, be performed on its own. But you don't need an intro. You don't need a two minute intro of each song. You it, you know, if it works for Saturday Night Live, it should work for the Oscars. Of just have somebody stand up there and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, from the movie Begin Again, Adam Levine," you know, or something like that, because you, it, it does. It adds to the the stretching of the whole show, and we've got to intro a song for four minutes. It, it makes no sense. I don't know why. You know, the one year yeah. that they nixed the uh, the one year that they nixed the performances was the year we wanted to see Jason Siegel do Man or Muppet, Man or Muppet, and they brought yeah. it back. Or Muppets. Uh, it was Muppets were in that movie actually. <laughs> no, you're, you're yeah, I know, I know. And uh, you know. They brought it back, and they just haven't found a good way to do it. And I think the way to do it would be do them all in a row in one segment, a verse each, literally a minute each. The whole thing's over in five minutes, and we all get the point. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, that, yeah. that, that kind of bothered me right from the beginning. But we got uh, a lot of, I guess, secondary awards, tertiary awards, all in a row. And I see why they did this, kind of get them out of the way uh, from the beginning. And, uh, you know, I understand that. But, um, you know, break it up a little bit, maybe put cinematography, maybe at the beginning, put documentary, maybe towards the beginning of the show. The awards uh, after supporting actor was costume design, Mm -hmm. makeup and hair, foreign language film. And then they did a uh, they did a bit about seat filling, which is uh, never gets old, you know, jokes about seat fillers. Uh, But I want to go over the awards uh, real quick for the ones that I just mentioned Costume design went to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. That's the obvious Deserved. one. Yep. I, I probably would have gone maybe Into the Woods probably would have won after that. Uh, but I haven't seen Into the Woods. I'm just you know what I was surprised. Totally guessing. I was talking about it with, uh, with Sarah. was like, why wasn't Hunger Games nominated for that? I don't know. Mm, it's true. I, I don't know. Um, Makeup and hair for sure, you would think. but yeah. Not a fashion expert. Well, it's weird that there's only three nominees nominees in that category. I've never really yeah. understood why they do why they do that, but that is kind of strange. Uh, foreign language film went to Ida, which I yeah, it was black and white, so you knew that was going to win exactly. 
I've actually uh, heard that's a really good movie. I'm just Leviathan was the one that won the Globe, so uh, I guess maybe a little bit of controversy there that the the Golden Globe winner yep. didn't win the Oscar. But well, you know, I'm I'm too American to watch any foreign films. So <laughs> bad. No. Yeah, that's exactly what our that. what our I, international I audience wants to hear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry guys. It's I, I admit that I'm an idiot for it. I just I will never get to any of these movies, even though Ida is on Netflix and I could watch it anytime I want. I I won't. Is there anything that we can do with the uh, live action short film category? Does that need to even be televised? I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm fine with all these. <laughs> I don't like. I don't want to get to a point where we be, where this becomes the Grammys. I don't want to keep knocking uh, categories, more and more categories to the technical awards that we don't ever see. Uh, I like that we're trying to highlight as many films and and even as many different kinds of films as possible. There just needs to be a better way to, uh, or a quicker, more efficient way to get through all of these. I think. And like I said, it had it not been right after foreign language film. Hair and makeup and costume design. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wouldn't have felt like such a bummer when they announce it. You know, it just it really dragged uh, for me. Sure. There. And um, we get a little montage of lifetime achievement award winners, which is very disrespectful to the lifetime achievement award winners. <laughs> Maybe give them a little more time instead I was gonna of uh, say, so, yeah. Instead of giving us a lo- lonely island uh, music video on stage, that would have. Uh, Maybe I would have maybe preferred more, um, more of their yeah, speeches. Cecil B. DeMille could eat it. Yes, <laughs> and we got another song after the Lifetime Achievement montage segment of Tim McGraw singing a Glen Campbell song. Which uh, Tim McGraw looks terrible, by the way. Him and Faith Hill. I don't know what is going on with them. They're on some kind of weird diet where they want their ribs to be exposed at all times and. Doesn't work. I just hope that uh, Travolta's looking up at that cowboy hat like, I can wear it. That's my next move. No one will know. This is, um, this is something we need to talk about because Brian exp- expressed a little bit of uh, frustration maybe with these, uh, these next few categories. We have sound mix. Yeah. Tell us the difference, Kinto, because I don't know. And I, and I let me say this before you do. I read. Did you guys read the Hollywood Reporter uh, interviews with with voters that they published this week? Yeah, uh, no. Okay. Every day this week, I think they had nine of them overall. Yeah. They had nine nine basically anonymous interviews with uh, Academy Awards voters on like every single category and why they voted the way they did and blah 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 blah. Which is really interesting. It affirmed most of what we think about Academy of Voters in a lot of ways, but it was really interesting to read it. And I think three of the nine said something to the effect of, I don't know the difference between sound mix and sound editing, which I felt like was a major issue that the people who have the power to, uh, to choose who wins these awards don't know what they're voting on. Right. That's, that's a little disturbing. Yeah. That, that fact. Uh, but sound mixing, the winner was Whiplash. And uh, it beat American Sniper, Birdman, Interstellar, and Unbroken. And uh, sound editing went to American Sniper, beating out Birdman, The Hobbit, which uh, surprising to see got a nomination, mm-hmm. uh, Interstellar, and Unbroken. And the difference is, it's actually pretty simple. Sound editing is the creation of the sound mix, the uh, choosing where 
the sounds are heard, when they're heard. Uh, for example, American Sniper, the winner, for example, when you hear bullets fly by, when you mm. see a gun firing, you hear a, bu- uh, a gun firing sound. Cutting out unnecessary sounds uh, counts as sound editing, uh, things you don't want to hear in the mix. Uh, okay. once, that, once that sound edit is finalized, then you send that edit to the sound mixer, and they level it all out. Okay. So you hear b- basically what the loudness of everything uh, is the sound mix. Where you hear it in the uh, actual theater counts as a sound mix, too. Uh, okay. So uh, a sound mixer will sit about two-thirds away uh, from the screen in a theater. So, you know, little pro tip here for, for constant moviegoers. Uh, if you go to movies often, sit about two-thirds up uh, in, the, uh, in the theater uh, because that's where the sound mixer actually sits to do the mix. So that's where you're going to get the best mix of sound. Uh, so a little pro tip there. But, uh, for example, so Whiplash was the winner, and obviously a lot of music used in Whiplash. So uh, not surprising to say uh, or see that it won sound mixing because, you know, obviously a lot of mixing is done in music, uh, leveling things. How loud you hear the drums? How loud you hear each instrument uh, that's played uh, in Whiplash? How loud you hear the conductor over it and especially you know things like sounds of drumsticks hitting the drums and uh you know sound mix was flawless in, in whiplash i mean that yeah. sounded just incredible and uh not surprising to see that american sniper won sound editing because like i said uh a lot of stuff goes into a war film uh, as far as um secondary sound effects and mm-hmm. and such so you know it's more often than not, if you go back and look at the the past winners, if there's a high caliber war film, usually they'll win the sound editing category. So I would have I would have thought that Unbroken would win that, but I could have seen Birdman winning sound mix, uh, just because of the way they were able to seamlessly blend the soundtrack with the score and and everything, and you know of course the um, illusion of one take. So. Sure. Uh, I think the sound mix has a lot to do with that. But okay, here's, does that here's clarify? It, maybe yes, it does. But but here's my here's my big question because I understand sound mix better than I do sound editing. Like I can tell when a movie has great sound mix. Like I watched Heat the other night, which I think is like the perfect film uh, from a sound standpoint. It's just it's an amazing film. Um, what would if the sound mixing is so great in Whiplash, which I agree it is, and it ended up winning the award. Why, like, what can you, as far as, like, when you're watching the film, you can say, you can tell me Whiplash has great sound mixing. What kept it out of sound editing? Because it's the only one that was nominated for sound mix that wasn't nominated for sound editing, and then it ended up winning mixing. So to me, it doesn't make sense just from a a ridiculous, I don't understand this, that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't do the technical side of this stuff. I don't get how... I don't get how the average moviegoer could sit there and say, "I the sound mix and this is great, but the sound editing is just not that awesome." I, I just clarify yeah, that for me. Yeah, um, it's actually really easy. I feel like a lot of the stuff in Whiplash was actually recorded on set, uh, okay. so not a lot of editing if you're recording a live band. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. You use that performance. You enhance that performance in the mix. Uh, sound editing is more um, adding stuff to. Sound editing is deciding what is heard. Sound mixing is deciding how it's heard. Does that sure. make sense okay. anymore? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. American Sniper, obviously they're not in a war, but right. you have to make okay. it sound like a war. Does that make sense? You know? Yeah, that, um, that, that makes sense. I got and, you. Um, so that's why Interstellar was in both categories because you need, it needs to sound like they're traveling through space. Uh, and The Hobbit, you need to sound like Middle Earth. 
you know, uh, and, and the Hobbit was not in uh, sound mixing. So maybe hopefully that clarifies it a little bit more. Yeah, it, it's actually, it it's actually it, more simple than it sounds. Um, the, the, the sound editor puts the stuff into the movie. The sound mixer is the one who decides, uh, how it's heard. I think the right, the right winners won in, uh, both okay. of those, both of those categories. And, um, you know, not a surprise from somebody who edits sound. So we had supporting actress and, uh, maybe this, this could potentially be controversial. And I don't know how you guys felt about, um, about the winner, but, uh, the winner was Patricia Arquette for boyhood and she beat out Laura Dern for Wild, Kira Knightley, Imitation Game, Meryl Streep, Into the Woods, and Emma Stone, Birdman. I really, really wanted Emma Stone to win this. Yeah, I thought she was just fantastic uh, in Birdman. And just a little bit they showed at the Oscars of her monologue. Just That's just probably a fifth of that actual monologue. And that's just one of the more electric moments of the year in cinema. Sure, um, Patricia Arquette was was good. Uh, I wouldn't say she was great or fantastic. I would say Miss Stone was great or fantastic. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see that that movie got recognized there, uh, you know, and we'll talk about that later. But um, how did you feel yeah. about uh, Arquette winning, uh, Richard? That was by quite a large margin my favorite performance of the year in any category. So I'm probably wow. going to be a little different from you guys on this one. Yeah, so I would have been... I love Emma Stone, and, and she's great as well. And <clears throat> I'm sure, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, everyone else is, is is deserving in their own way. But that Arquette performance really hit me hard and, and uh, mm-hmm. was my favorite easily of the year. So uh, I thought she was totally great. So uh, I'm a little – I might not be the one to ask for the uh, the consensus feel. No, I, I would I'm, – I'm kind of going to right in the middle of you guys. I rewatched Boyhood last night. Uh, the first viewing, I felt like Arquette was weaker than than I did the second time around. I, I really got her role better, I think, the first time around and, and got a better feel for what she was doing. So I'm not quite as high on her as, as you are, Richard, but she would have been my vote for, uh, for, for Best Supporting Actress if I'd gotten it. Emma Stone probably would have been second. Um, I don't think it's a particularly strong category this year, so maybe that no, helped yeah. Arquette a little bit. Um, and maybe could have helped Stone, but like, uh, there are years when we always talk about best supporting actor is usually like the most stacked category uh, of the Oscars, and I don't think this year is any different, really. But supporting actress a lot of times can bring you a lot of great nominees, and I, you know, I'm, Meryl Streep kind of got one by default because I don't know that there was really somebody else to take her spot. <laughs> you know, who should have. She's was awful in that movie. The cop in Gone Girl. Yes, that was that's really funny, Richard. That was my when I put out my lists at the beginning of this year. Like one of the ones I did was if I had an Oscar vote, and she was Kim Dickens yeah. is her name. She was she, my. I wouldn't fifth. have had her win, but it's like yeah, it, you want to encourage those she was kind of really performances good. a little totally. bit. Yeah, say hey, you know, we recognize you. There you go. There's a there's a nomination. Yeah, I feel like in in my opinion, of all the categories that Boyhood was nominated. I feel like that was maybe the last one I would I would give the Oscar to, maybe other than screenplay. And uh we can talk about editing and uh and such later, but you know, I think Hawk really could have gotten it, you know, of course, best picture, best director, uh all could have made an argument 
uh, in that direction. But uh, I just, I guess I just wasn't as high on, on her as, uh, as you fellas, but that's, that's why we do this because our opinions differ often. Animated film, animated feature length film, I should say. This one surprised me and I thought it was written in stone that, uh, how to train your dragon two was going to win the Oscar and ended up being big, big hero six. And I wonder how much politics went into this. The fact that it's a Disney property and we, we, it's well known that that brave beat out, uh, wreck it Ralph a few years ago. And, uh, you know, the consensus was that wreck it Ralph should have won Uh big hero six, the winner here. And, you know, in my opinion, from an, Pure animation technical standpoint, I think How to Train Dragon 2 was far superior uh, than Big Hero 6. Maybe Big Hero 6, better movie, funner movie, more enjoyable. But, I mean, I was, you know, if you listen to both our podcasts on both those movies, I was very high on How to Train Your Dragon 2. I was, I liked Big Hero 6, if that makes sense. So, uh, yeah. that one surprised me, honestly. I, I I didn't think Big Hero 6 had a chance, but, um, you know, yeah, of course, never was, count uh... out Disney. I thought that was going to be how to how to train your dragon, uh, but Big Hero Six is really good. I liked it a lot. Neither one of them should have won because it should have been a Lego Movie. But you know, that's, <laughs> that's how and, it goes. And Neil Patrick Harris uh, alluded to that. Yeah, he said yeah. if you're near I, anyone I, that was involved in Lego <laughs> Movie, shield their eyes. Yeah, that's the last yeah. Lego Movie got snubbed uh, comment I'll make because I'm totally beating a dead horse. But uh, it does bother me a little bit. Yeah. I did rewatch How to Train Your Dragon Two today because my kid wanted to watch it, and that's a really good movie. Yeah, it's uh, fun. It's really good. Um, not surprising there. Best animated short, and this was actually the short film that played uh, prior to Big Hero Six. And it was called Feast. And it beat out uh, A Single Life, Me and My Molten, The Dam Keeper, and The Bigger Picture. And uh, Feast was awesome. Uh, It is. One of the best, if not the best animated short I've ever seen. So, I tweeted that I think I would have voted for The Feast for Best Picture just across the board if I could have. So uh, I loved that short. It made me weep like a small child. Uh, Yeah. It was it was very very good. I would so buy Dirk's that on Blu-ray. <laughs> yes, yes, he plays the dog. It's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to editing. Achievement in editing. This is plain this is old where things started to plain go old wrong. simple editing. Yeah, <laughs> and I can explain this one as well. I uh, get maybe this clarify one. this one. I really do, but I I don't think it's right. I'll just say film it. editing. The nominees were American Sniper, Boyhood, Grand Budapest. Imitation Game and Whiplash, and the winner was Whiplash. And you have a grievance, Brian? Yeah, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you create a film over the course of twelve years, stitch it together seamlessly the way that uh, Linkletter and uh, Sandra Adair did for Boyhood, and then not win an editing award. I just don't. And I think I think Whiplash is fantastic. I have no beef with Whiplash winning a lot of awards and I've every time I've revisited it, I have come back just more and more blown away with how good that movie is. And the editing is fantastic. I just don't think it's anywhere near the achievement that of what, what they pulled off with boyhood. Richard. I didn't really remember the, the editing of whip. It didn't stand out to me very, very much. You're right. I think the challenge of, of boyhood is a lot more from editing, uh, 
perspective. I, I'm, I'm retroactively outraged by this, but at the moment, <laughs> I can't, I can't say that I was. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I would have been upset if if Boyhood had won this category, um, for the simple reason that uh, to say seamlessly editing it together uh, from from twelve years is kind of a cop out. Only to say that the fact that Laura, uh, L.R. Coltrane, yeah, he ages so subtly throughout the film that you don't notice it, and uh, and to me it's like watching a clock move. If if you're staring at a clock, you're never going to notice the minute hand move. But if you move your head for an hour and look back, you'll notice that it moved. Does that make sense? So as you're watching the film, it's like, oh man, I didn't even notice that he was aging this whole time. It's so. It's so fantastic, but in, in all honesty, the only way that they edit that is each scene, he's a little bit older. I mean, it's not that difficult to, to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's like I get what you're saying, but I disagree. Like having, uh, like I said, I, I rewatched it like 12 hours or 24 hours ago, and to have some of the ways that Linklater set up the shift from one year to the next – stuck with me. I mean, it was, it was mind blowing the way that he was able to do that. And I think, you know, you're right. Like the, the aging of the main character makes, maybe made it easier, but you still have to, you still have to set it up the right way. You still have to stage it. You still have to have, you still have to show the passing of time without it being a jolting experience. And I think that's all on the editing. I don't think that has, I can say it has nothing to do with the with the actors, but you're definitely you have to pick and choose how to put the actors in the right place to make that come across to where yeah, yeah. you can tell you can I don't know, I I like the second viewing made me really appreciate though especially the early years of boyhood where you didn't know for maybe a minute or three minutes or something that there had been a passage of time between the last scene and the scene that you're on now. I think it's, I think that that it, it is just, I usually already use the word seamless, but that's what I'm going to stick with. It's so seamless that it, I think it just, I think that's the only way that that movie works in a lot of ways is, is if it's um, it just, it's just so smooth. And that to me is editing. That's all editing. And I don't, I just don't get how, I don't know. I thought whiplash yeah. is great. And I, I did think it, it deserves some attention for editing. I'm glad it got nominated. I have no problem with it winning like 99% of the time. It just so happened to, to drop in the same year as, to me, one of the greatest achievements in filmmaking of the last however many years. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't think that the achievement has anything to do with how it's it's edited. I think it's more about the concept of of the of the film. You know, like like had this been. Once every, if he had filmed L.R. Coltrane every two years, three years, and it was edited in the same way, it would have been jolting. So I think like the, the very concept of that it's every single year makes it so seamless, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that it's more, the, the seamlessness yeah. has more to do with Linklater himself than it does the editor. Does that make sense? The, the, uh, I think it's, yeah, I mean, I get that. I just think it's all this, it, I, I don't know. I should probably just reserve some of my boyhood thoughts for later. But sure. I just think it it 
there it's a package deal with this thing and and maybe that's why it missed on pretty much everything but um i just don't man I, and maybe it's just because it's so fresh in my mind like yeah. i was literally at this time yesterday i was starting that movie and so it is it just really it stuck with me and i don't think you notice editing unless it's really really good or really really bad and uh, this now was you a see me being good. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect, actually. Um, yeah, the definition of great editing. But no, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's st- it stuck with me, and I felt like I noticed things the second time around that I hadn't seen the first time, and a lot of it did have to do with the editing choices and some of the directorial choices, which we'll get into more later. Yeah. Um. Man, the editing was so good in Whiplash. Just yeah. go back and watch that that last scene. And I just, did. I just did today. W- just see I, how yeah. seamless that is cut together, and uh, the just the nuance of jazz is captured so yeah. flawlessly. No, totally. in that film, and and the the shot choices of him playing the drums and zooming in on the cymbals at random times and seeing the blood fly and sure. I mean, I mean, no, man, I, it's I, just so impressive. I totally get it. The funny thing is, like, I saw somebody predict that whiplash would win editing. And I thought, Oh yeah, totally. Definitely deserves that. And then I remembered, no, there's, there's a movie called boyhood and that's, that's, that was me who predicted it. (laughs) Boom. Uh, so let's move on before we talk about, uh, movie editing for the remainder of this podcast. (laughs) We, we have some final cut or Adobe guys. Oh, total final cut. (laughs) Okay. Final cut seven to be more specific for the nerds out there. I like best documentary long subject. Long form documentary went to Richard's one of his top ten films of the year, Citizen Four. Yeah, which I had actually gotten a chance to see uh, in the past few weeks, and man, I was we we texted about it a little bit after I saw it, and man, I was I was absolutely blown away by it, and awesome. it's such an eye opening documentary, and really makes you question a lot of things. But I mean, I think that's the point of of a documentary; it should make you sort of contemplate your existence in this world. And, and that certainly does and uh, motives and all that. But I mean, citizen four, great. It's, it's actually coming on HBO uh, starting tomorrow. Nice. Uh, it'll be on HBO go and all that. And so people will be able to check that out finally. But uh, of course it's the Edward Snowden documentary. It, it's the style I, I more tend to like is the observational documentary where they're sort of documenting yeah. it as it happens. And some of my favorite documentaries are like that. Uh, the, the winner last year, 23 from stardom was sort of the opposite. It's more of a narration or a narrative documentary and it tells the story of something that's already happened and, uh, interviews people that were involved in that situation. But, uh, just really, really interesting that they were actually there with Edward Snowden as he is literally telling these secrets for the first time to people. And, uh, man, what a, what a crazy, crazy documentary it is. Check it out. Citizen Four, HBO. I'm sure you were happy about that one, Richard. Yeah, I got the the privilege of seeing that in the theater. So yeah. uh, that was a pretty intense experience, and uh, one of my favorite uh, unique cinematic memories of is is that. So yeah, I was pumped for it. Best original screenplay, and um, the the nominees were uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, Foxcatcher, Nightcrawler, Boyhood, and Birdman, and the winner was Birdman. And uh, any issues here, guys? The original screenplay. Uh, I would have voted GBH, but I don't. Yeah, I don't have an issue with Birdman winning. At that point, it started to feel like okay, this is this is how the night's going to go the right. rest yeah. of the way. Much the same way that the editing award uh, 
that's at the that, at that point I was like, okay, this is this is not going to go Boyhood's way tonight. Yeah. Um, I think that was the an omen of things to come. I think the same for original screenplay because GBH had won so many awards up to that point, and it was starting to feel like that kind of maybe this is that random night where for whatever reason some underdog comes in and sweeps through some of these awards, and then it got to the big boys, and and it, that kind of got crushed down. Yeah, it uh, it's actually impressive that. Inuritu and his and his staff were able to to write to write uh, Birdman because Mm -hmm. it comes off so natural and you know obviously they're not uh, of you know naturally from America you know and um, and it just comes off so seamless and uh, the dialogue is just so polarizing and uh, you know of course the the Academy loves their loves some Shakespeare so they of course they mixed in a little bit of Shakespeare put it into a um, a Shakespearean mindset. I actually thought that one was going to win, and mm-hmm. uh, I would have thought Grand Budapest would would win if it didn't. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't even think Boyhood had a chance. I'm surprised it even got nominated for screenplay because Linklater himself admits there was no script. Sure. <laughs> he would write it the day of and and put it together. So it's hard for me to justify awarding a movie that never had an original screenplay to begin with prior to shooting. So. Uh, it's impressive the, the end result, but you know, uh, I think the screenplay for Birdhood speaks for itself. You could do a one act, or not a one act, but you could do a, a stage production of Birdman, and it would be, it would be pretty fantastic. But adapted screenplay, it, I think you had an issue with this, Brian. Uh, if I was reading your tweets correctly, yeah. I mean, I have no problem with Imitation Game winning because this is such an interesting year because it it really could have played out where. Because it is such a – because we didn't have a great, great, great film. Like this is the film of the year, which I've said like 27 times leading up to this. You could have had a, every, a different film winning in pretty much every category, which would have been really interesting and fun. So I don't really have a problem with Imitation Game winning. I just I, – I think Whiplash was the strongest entry in that, in that huh. category. And usually adapted screenplay is the heavier of the, of the two screenplay awards. Like there's a lot – more competition and i don't think that was the case this time i thought it was the weaker Good. of the two and uh, <laughs> yeah once. yeah totally totally but it's it's usually the other way around but this one felt much weaker so i thought whiplash really had a good chance of of coming away with that and i thought it deserved it but imitation game is fine and the, the writer gave a great speech and uh you know there's nothing wrong with that i just i would have voted whiplash and i i felt pretty strongly about that yeah, it's interesting to see that it was nominated for adapted when it was based on the actual film that Chazelle made. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, there was a, it's adapted from his own work. Right, <laughs> it just, had to be ruled on, like the whatever the governing committee. Oh, or did they? Whatever they 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 said it. It. Uh, I think it's the 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 Writers Guild said yeah. it's adapted, not not original. Wow. Yeah, yeah which actually crazy. it should have helped it again because original turned out to be such a stacked category. Putting in an adapted, you know, you would have thought would helped it, and then it ended up not winning anyway. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the screenplay of Imitation Game. That was its strength in that uh, in that film, in my opinion, was Cumberbatch's performance matched with that screenplay, that script. Um, really interesting. So, uh, are you upset at all, Richard? That Paul Thomas Anderson didn't pull it out for inherent vice here. Uh, no, not really. It was fine. I was fine with me. I was glad it was nominated, but that's fine. Yeah. 
Uh, let's get to the big ones, guys. Here we go. Best actress went to, of course, Julianne Moore sure. for Still Alice. I saw a Mental Floss actually uh, tweeted that she's won 15 awards for Still Alice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's that's incredible. Very deserving. She's a, she's a mother to all of us. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she is. And uh, I'm just I'm still upset she wasn't. Nominated for her role in uh, the Big Lebowski, but that's another <laughs> that's another story. Uh, she beat out Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl, Felicity Jones, Theory of Everything, Marion Cotillard, the uh, token Marion Cotillard uh, nomination, <laughs> and uh, Reese Witherspoon in Wild. And it yeah. really upsets me. And you're under the same thought as me, Brian. And this is a very underappreciated role by Witherspoon. Yeah, it's the one she should have won the Oscar for, not walk the line. I mean, it <laughs> gosh, they played the it, dude. Did you uh, hear that? When she started she came dancing. Up. I was like, please don't yeah. sing, please. Don't <laughs> sing. And yeah. you know, I mean, I loved Wild, and I, did too. I think it could have maybe gotten a Best Picture nomination, but she was, you know, considering Best Actress and Best Supporting both had actresses from Wild. Yeah, yeah interesting to see it didn't get the Best Picture nominee, but uh, Wild was was great, and Witherspoon was was. On another level, as far as stuff totally. I've seen her in uh, yeah. before, so yeah, I, I, my vote would have been well, but I, I also haven't seen Still Alice. Uh, I think yeah. the only two movies that are in any of the discussion, really, in any of the bigger awards, at least that I haven't seen, are Still Alice and Two Days One Night. So I can't. I've heard that. I've heard obviously Julian Moore was great in Still Alice. So I can't really. I don't usually get too hot under the collar unless I can, you know, definitively say that wasn't that great or this was better or whatever. And I, and I can't at this point. So my vote would have been Witherspoon, but I don't have a problem with more winning best actor in a motion picture. Mm. Uh, the nominees were Steve Carell, Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper, American sniper, Cumberbatch imitation game, Michael Keaton for Birdman, and the winner, Eddie Redmayne, the theory of everything. And, uh, you know, he won the SAG. He won the BAFTA. He won the Globe. I think it was kind of written on the wall that he was going to win this. Still upsetting to me. I really, really, really wanted American Treasure Michael Keaton to to take it home. Yeah. He added so much to to Birdman, and it was good to see. Just as we hopped on this podcast here, it was good to see uh, Inuritu giving him some credit uh, towards the end of the end of the ceremony for his role. And that's sad. That's just that's just plain sad that he. He didn't win the award for that. He put his heart and soul into that role, you could tell. And not to say Eddie Redmayne didn't, because uh, you know a lot is to be said for anyone that wins an Academy Award. Uh, they're obviously probably deserving of it. But uh, you know, Brian, you were you this you went off the wall on this when this was announced. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad. I, I'm surprised you even made it back to the podcast uh, after that. I was pretty. Yeah, I was not happy. And it, it, <laughs> look, Eddie Redmayne was really good in the theory of everything. I feel like that should be said up front. I don't, did you either of you guys get a chance to see that one? I can't yes. remember. Yeah, post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was really good. He, he totally, he deserved his nomination. Um, I, here's what bothers me. It's not even that he won. There, there's a couple of issues with that. It's that <laughs> the whole night was just like praising Birdman left and right. And the, the next two awards we'll talk about, I, I've got an issue on that as well, but, uh, we're just going to keep talking about how great Birdman is and then ignore the thing that holds it all together, which is Keaton's performance, which is amazing. And I rewatched Birdman today. 
I'm just blown away by how great Keaton is and how sold out he is for that role and how difficult a performance that is because he is having to play basically three different characters. And that's – it's just so it, – the, the degree of difficulty for what he had to do versus what Carell or Cooper or Cumberbatch or Redmayne or anybody else had to do, it's not even close. And if you – if you want to tell me that he wasn't good, then that's I don't know. That's one thing. But to like put him in this category and say he was a really he did he gave a great performance and give the nomination and then not not give him the award after we spent the last four hours saying how great this freaking movie is, uh, I that's <laughs> that's insane to me. That's yeah. just I, I just don't know what there is to criticize with with Keaton. I you don't know. Either. Like why would the, why would the Screen Actors Guild of all people, not appreciate yeah. or award Michael Keaton for that. That's just that's what's just, confusing. The thing is, we get these these awards get so tied up in physical transformation. Yeah, and Eddie yeah. Redmayne did that, and yeah. and I don't think Michael Keaton necessarily did. Um, but I just I also think when we when we do that, when we talk about physical transformation. A lot of times, those are the type of roles that we look back on in five or ten years and say that wasn't that great. Like what he did. Again, I don't. I don't want to. I got heated on Twitter, and I don't want to come across like I'm bashing on Redman because I think he's really good. I think he's a very talented actor, and I thought his performance was great. I just don't think it's kind of even in the same ballpark as what Keaton was doing. I. I would have had Redman fourth on my list of these five actors. I would have put him behind. Obviously, Keaton and Carell and Cumberbatch, and mm-hmm. and it would have been a fight between him and Cooper, to be honest. And I don't think American Sniper is a very good movie, so there, you know, there's that. I just don't, I don't get the the, the thinking behind the whole night of if Birdman is that great, and we're saying it is because we gave it a thousand awards. It felt like you can't, you can't. To me, you can't say that and not acknowledge how incredible the lead is that's a, that's a problem not to mention that eddie redmayne is currently embarrassing himself in one of the 10 worst movies i've ever seen in my life and i don't know <laughs> if that's fair that that should count or not but it it kind of does in my book and maybe i'm an idiot for for considering that you know when putting uh, in a, a wanna... vote but norbit you know <laughs> but. exactly that's my point i don't care about i mean i it sucks that keaton uh did win and i i'm a michael keaton you know day one p1 but uh <laughs> I, and so that bums me out. But I want Eddie Murphy to get his Oscar. You know what? If if Redmayne still gets the win with this crap out there, then Norbit shouldn't count against Eddie. Sure. Yeah, man, it's unbelievable that that's even out and no one even really brought that up. Uh, I, yeah, Eddie I, lost I, because of Norbit. And yeah. you know what? I, I'd much rather Eddie have his Oscar more deserving. Yeah, and <laughs> it's almost laughable. I mean, it's... It's so predictable, like you said. The, the <laughs> theory of everything just to me came off like such a biopic, like a typical like oh, totally, it's like a really good biopic, a good biopic, but, a biopic but I mean, yeah. just we've seen this before. Michael Keaton just brought something so fresh oh, to the table. And it's like I've never seen a performance like that in my life ever. Maybe, probably, never will again. Yeah, uh, you know, and I think the. The concept of Birdman adds to that. The fact that Keaton had to literally memorize 20 pages of dialogue at a time, perform those seamlessly in one take Seriously. at a time. I mean, yeah. just the difficulty of the 
of the actual performance is unparalleled too. And totally. that should have that's, been awarded. But I think that's, that's like part of the, the, the bigger issue is like he, he's got it. It's a 10 out of 10 on a, a performance scale and it's a 10 out of 10 on a difficulty scale. <laughs> yeah, like yes. what he is doing is otherworldly, honestly. Yeah. And, and also this probably shouldn't count. And I, so I, sh- I don't know, maybe I even hesitate to bring it up, but Michael Keaton's like 65 years old. And I don't know how, how old Eddie Redmayne is, but he's not that old. Like he's gonna have an opportunity. And it, I'll I'll be honest, it frustrates me when somebody uses that argument on the other side of things. Like if I feel like a younger guy has a better performance, I want I just want the best performance to win at the end of the day. Yeah. So it comes off as a little bit of sour grapes or or whatever, but it does bother me that this guy just gave the performance of a lifetime, and he's sixty five years old or sixty three or something yeah. like that. And Eddie Redmayne, I don't know if he's 12 years old. He certainly looks like he's 12 years old. So I feel like there are going to be other great roles for Eddie Redmayne. Um, you know, like I said, that really probably shouldn't count. But I can't deny that, that that in my bitterness, my brain went to that place as well on top of everything else. Yeah, you would have thought they would have maybe rewarded him somewhat for what he's done than what he did here. And that sure. should have played a little bit into it. But let's get into these last two categories, guys. Best Director, and uh, the nominees were Morton Tildum for The Imitation Game, Bennett Miller for Foxcatcher, Richard Linklater for Boyhood, Wes Anderson for The Grand Budapest Hotel, and the winner, Alejandro G. Inuritu for Birdman. And uh, go the ahead, G's Brian. The dance for Gil. Right? <laughs> for Gonzalez. Somebody but, else yeah. sound off, because I just went on a uh, Yeah, on. you know what? It's a, it's just a real shame that Birdman and, and Boyhood came out in the same year because yeah. they're so so stinking good and Grand Budapest for that matter. They're all three deserving for all three directors. I mean, the vision for all three of them is is incredible, and you know it just kind of proves honestly maybe maybe the Academy and Hollywood thinks that Linklater and Boyhood is more on the gimmick side than it is on the. Sure. difficulty side and that's unfortunate because we can admire and we love boyhood and just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean no one else could do it and i think that a little bit that has a little bit to do with it i mean I, I, the same with quaron last year winning for gravity uh nobody could have done that but him mm-hmm. that was that's un- the best directing maybe i've ever seen and same goes with here with uh Inuritu and birdman Maybe nobody else could have done this, you know, and, and that I, I think the cinematography and, and the gim- not gimmick, but uh, the way they made it all look like one take really kind of seals the deal. I mean, if that wasn't a part of this, if it was uh, there was obvious cuts, if it was cut together like a normal film. It might have still won Best Director just because of the, the concept here of of uh, um washed up actor, you know, the whole Broadway aspect of it, um, the performances, the screenplay, all that put together. And, um, you know, I think the, the Academy really appreciates art house cinema and anytime that they can award that they will. And, uh, I think boyhood, honestly, in, in their eyes just came off more generic, more gimmicky and, uh, more link latery. And, you know, his films don't tend to blow people away with how they look and how they make you feel. But, um, 
they're enjoyable and they, they appeal more to the masses. So the, the masses would have voted boyhood here. I thought that Linklater was going to win this. I thought there was going to be a rare year where uh, a different person won director than won uh, best picture like, like last year. And um, I can't deny that Inuritu deserves the Oscar because we said in the, in our episode, that movie is a masterpiece. I mean, it, there's, I've never seen anything like it, but I just, I just feel so bad for Linklater. Honestly, you could just see him in a seat, you know, sinking in his seat when he didn't win, you know, he put 12 years of his freaking yeah. life into this movie, yeah. 12 years over a decade thinking about it, constantly revisiting it, um, you know, tweaking it and man, just to see it go unpaid or yeah. unappreciated is kind of a bummer and, and a big bummer at that. But, um, so that's my thoughts, but Brian sound off. No, I'm on percent with you. And I, I tweeted that I, this is the thing I dislike about the Oscars is that I end up I end up resenting a movie that I really like in Birdman, which was my number two movie of the year, uh, because it's coming away with all this uh, these awards and adulation that I feel like should be going elsewhere. And I'm fine with it winning Best Picture. I just thought we I thought I really I really thought Linkletter was going to get director because. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not saying anybody could have directed Birdman. I don't feel that way at all. I think Inaritu was amazing and did an incredible job. But I really don't. No one else could have done Boyhood. There's nothing. There's nobody else that could have that could have had that vision. That could have spent the time on it. That could have brought it all together the way he did. Uh, and just like you said, kid, to spend 12 years of your life making. Making a great film, not just making a film. Like honestly, it's an achievement to if he would have put out some movie in July that played at some festivals and just kind of did the circuit and just talked about like what a cool experience this was and all that. To make it be to have it come out as a great film, which it is, it truly is, then man, I don't know what it's the same kind of with Keaton on on Best Actor. Like, what else do you want from the guy? Like, this is just yeah. This is on another level, and he had this brilliant idea, and he saw it all the way through. And uh, I don't know. I I have. A, you're probably right. Maybe it comes across as a gimmick, but Birdman's a gimmick too. I mean, he's doing something weird and different. And if that's what a, I don't know. The, to me, they're the same type of thing. If you want to call one a gimmick, then the other one is is as well. Uh, I just it, it's a real bummer. I was upset about that one. I was. I almost laughed at the Keaton one. I was really upset with with Linkletter because I I really felt like coming into this whole thing, that was the one award that I don't know. I just felt that strongly about. Oh, that is the winner. There cannot be anyone else. And uh, yeah. so I'm I'm really bummed about that. And I just don't I don't know where Linkletter goes from here because he's a fantastic director who kind of just does his own thing. And I'm sure he'll be totally fine. It's not like he's just going to go back to Austin and cry for the next year and never make another film. But like to do something of that magnitude and have it not not get a payoff for it is. That could be that's that's kind of devastating for his fans, uh, if not to him, I guess. Richard, yeah, I, I can't I can't add anything to that. So that's it is too bad. It's it's the one shot you think uh, 
Oh no, John Travolta is dancing on my television on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> well, I can't. Oh, he's strutting. Oh, he's doing. Oh, mm. oh, he he's hugging Jimmy Kimmel from behind. So that confirms uh, the rumors we've known for a while. You can't even kill no, myself, guys. Um, I think it's just such a exercise in style with with Birdman yeah. and, and Linklater's style is just not that stylistic, and that's not to knock him. I mean, he does what he does, but. I mean, you, you you could show Birdman in like a modern art museum, you know, <laughs> or something, right. and that's that's just sort of, I guess, part of its charm. But let's move on. Last category, guys. Here, best picture of the year. The nominees were Whiplash, Theory of Everything, Selma, Imitation Game, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Boyhood, American Sniper, and the winner, Birdman, and. You know, I just felt I tweeted my predictions earlier, and and my prediction all year had been Boyhood. I just felt today, like the day of the Oscars, I just felt the buzz was 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 Birdman. I just felt yeah. that that was going to be it. That it peaked at the right time, and um, it had all the factors going for it really. And you know, I wonder how much the release date being the summer had to do with Boyhood sort of fading out near the end. You know, if the Oscars had been in. November, October, maybe Boyhood would have won, but uh, you know all the all the um, factors combined with um, uh, him winning screenplay and uh, and best director and cinematography as well, which we haven't gone over. Uh, by the way, Birdman won cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it's just that's the that's the best picture of the year. So there's nothing really you can say. I wish it had been Boyhood, and I could have been happy with Grand Budapest as well but um are you, were you upset that that Birdman won Brian Not really uh I think I watched them both in the last 24 hours and I think I think I think you can make a good case that Birdman is the better movie I just think Boyhood is the better is the greater achievement if that makes sense, uh-huh. the difference between those two things. In, in my mind, I'm okay. I, I would avoid I would have voted uh, Boyhood uh, as best picture, but I was totally okay with, okay, we're going to let Birdman win. When I thought we were going to get Birdman wins best picture and Linkletter wins director, I was I was okay with that. Yeah. Once we got down to, once Linkletter got gypped and then for no reason we <laughs> gypped Keaton and then Birdman, it just kind of felt anticlimactic at that point. Just like, okay, whatever. I don't even, I don't know what to do with this anymore. I, I think Birdman is a great movie and I think it deserves the award. I had real debate in my own head of which of if i had a vote which of these two would i choose so i'm glad it won and it, it didn't end up being american sniper which i had some fear about earlier oh man what if that the day. happened oh, gosh geez. i was i had talked myself into some nerves on that front uh and by the, by the time the show got about halfway through it kind of became clear okay that's not the type of show we're we're leaning towards but earlier in the day there was some fear of Birdman and Boyhood are going to split the votes between themselves, and there's not enough people that like uh, Wes Anderson movies, so it's not going to jump up. And Selma's too political, and Whiplash is just kind of happy to be there. Imitation Game and Theory of Everything are kind of the same movie in a lot of ways, so I don't know how yeah. well. Yeah. And we've got so many old, <laughs> old white voters that uh, maybe this has this awful chance of jumping up because i just don't think that's a good movie at all. like that would be one of the worst best picture winners ever 
So I was a little nervous. But by that point, by the time we got about halfway through, it became clear, like, that's not going to happen. So yeah. Birdman winning is totally fine. Uh, just a couple other awards down the line maybe were, uh, were jacked up. Richard, best picture thoughts? Yeah, that's I, – I, I wanted Boyhood. I had Boyhood as my number one of the year. Brian and I are just – I feel dumb coming on after because I just repeat Sorry, everything. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. Uh, but uh, no, I think – I don't know. Birdman would have been – Birdman was obviously a fine choice. It was my number two. But I don't know. I just don't think – the thing about Birdman is now I don't know if it's as good as winning almost every award. And if it is the one I really wanted it to win, it didn't win. So I'm always going to now sure. be frustrated about that movie. And that's, that's, that's a, a good point. That's a really good point. Yep. The one, the one we would have predicted is the one that it didn't win, which yep. is uh, likely to say uh, the same for boyhood. I honestly thought as the ceremony was going that whiplash and grand Budapest had a chance, you know, uh, I really yeah, I thought th- grand Budapest definitely had a chance for a while. I feel like, I feel like uh, we liked Whiplash way more than everyone else did. You know, I didn't think the Academy would really uh, feel so strongly about it, but it's impressive to see the love that that Whiplash got tonight. And yeah. uh, same with Grand Budapest too. Well deserved. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think Wes Anderson will have a Best Picture winner in his career. Um, the fact that this isn't it is is a bummer because I think, and uh, you know. I said it on our podcast. I think Grand Budapest is his best film. I just do. And um, it's sad that he didn't win because he's got one coming. But, um, man, what an Oscars. What a controversial uh, ceremony. Didn't go the way we had anticipated it really to go or or wanted it to go, I should say. But, um, you know, this won't be the last time we talk about this year's Oscars. I'm sure this will be a conversation that's had throughout the uh the rest of 2015 and on into next oscar season but you know it's honestly we we're talking during the ceremony it's it's become laughable how predictable this has become you know i tweeted out earlier my predictions not what i wanted to win but what i thought the academy would pick and i think i missed two categories which was director and animated feature so you know it's just become almost a gimmick uh once the nominations are out it's almost uh clear cut who the who the winner is going to be but you know typical academy typical oscars and uh, let's hope it's better next year guys let's hope the ceremony at least is better yes. next year please get different directors yes please please good talk guys uh i don't want to keep y'all up for for week of recommends yeah. this week we're going to hit that strong next week we're going to get into more uh, offers from 2015 we're going to be talking will smith's focus i believe Woo. hey by the way Kingsman C plus. You saw Kingsman? Right. Yeah. C plus. Richard. Yep. You're in my boat. That's fun. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> I'm gonna find two other guys to this podcast. <laughs> lost your mind. And on that note, guys, until next week. I'll see you at the cinema. Bye. See you. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.